The Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Novice and Frank. I'm Amanda. I'm the novice. I'm Frank. I'm Frank. That's right. He is Frank. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, comic books. Specifically, we're going to get around to a title that we were supposed to discuss last time, and we didn't, Sandman by Neil Gaiman. But before we do that, we have to, of course, do our improvised theme song. Frank, you want to kick us off? You put your head on the pillow. And you think some dirty thoughts. <laughs> and then you drift out to sleep time. Maybe about robots. Dirt, 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 dirt. It's the Sandman coming to sandman visit you. Sandman coming to visit you. It's the Sandman coming to visit you. I'm the novice. Novice. And Frank. Frank? <laughs> Right. Good job. Great Good job. job. Great. We're unsure if I'm part of the song still. We're, we're <laughs> workshop in the part. That's right. Maybe. Is he part of it? <laughs> we're, we're very solid on the novice part of That's it, though. That's right. Very, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um, we're, we're certain about that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, not all you guys that were so angry because we didn't talk about Sandman. Don't you, worry about it. The, the angry letters and the hate mail that I've received. Gosh. The tweets just with, you know, rage-filled. Postcards. Yes. Which is very surprising. Postcards from all these exotic places just with hateful messages on the back. Singing telegrams. I actually yeah. received one. Uh, it's like a really <laughs> spite-filled clown. Oh, God, that just, sounds really terrible. Yes, just really laying into me for making, uh, for yelling at us for not covering Sandman last week. Yeah, but don't worry, everybody. Take, keep those clowns. In your nightmares, because <laughs> we, uh, we're going to do Ooh. talk a little, little bit about... Uh, what a nice segue. Yeah, beautiful segue. Thank you. <laughs> Nicely done, Amanda Barnes. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Frank Moran. Look at that. Yes, of course, we're talking about the Vertigo series, Sandman, mm-hmm. created by Neil Gaiman. Yes. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, we are. Let's do it. We're going to talk about the first, what would essentially be the first volume. So yes. issues one through nine, uh, I believe. There's or is a- one through eight? There's a little bit of confusion about that last week, um, and basically what we figured out is that issue nine was might have been released kind of as its own thing, almost like a separate issue. Technically, it is part of the Dollhouse, correct? Which it would yes. be like volume two. It's like its own separate uh, kind of chapter in the story, um, and so volume one would be one through eight. Yeah, so there that's what go. we're discussing. So, as always, uh, being the novice, mm-hmm. uh, what did you know about Sandman going into this? What sort of intrigued you to want to delve into this? Because this was your suggestion. It that was you my suggestion, to yeah. Into. So, um, well, first of all, I knew it was Neil Gaiman, so I knew it was going to be dark uh, and probably eloquent. So I like that. I was attracted to that. It's been so beautifully received by everyone. I don't really know anybody that's like, oh, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't really know anybody that's like, don't waste your time, um, which is always a good place to start. And then my friend, Art, years ago, uh, had given me one of, again, I, I want to call it like, it's not even an omnibus, but it's a big, huge, like thick, Edition. Oh, the hardcover version. The big hardcover. Yeah, the absolute edition. Yeah, okay, there it is. Yeah, the absolute edition. He loaned it to me, and uh, I think I gave it back to him because I just didn't, I was so, like, overwhelmed with the idea of it because it was this huge tome. Yeah, it's heavy. That's a heavy reading right there. It is, and so I just, I never cracked it. I never opened it, and um, and it kind of has always haunted me since... Mm, much uh, like a dream. Uh, much, much like a dream. And so uh, when we were looking for new things to read, I, I had seen it on sale somewhere, and I bought the first volume. And I was like, you know what? I would like to read this. And, um, yeah. Ooh. I mean, and speaking, I mean, certainly it, it is a vertical tile. It and is. As we record this, currently Comixology is having a huge vertical sale. Yeah. Where you can get 60% off all their various issues yeah. or collections, whatever you want. So for the next week, uh, if so, you hop on this, yeah. So by the time this is over, By the time this is up, you'll out. have about 12 hours to catch that sale. That's but right. make sure you do it. That's right, yeah. Also, if you guys uh, at Comixology hear this, you want to sponsor us since we're giving you so much love. Oh, yeah. Please feel free to contact us, thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. Ooh, look at that. Uh, very <laughs> subtle, yes. Yeah. Well, we're always on the mood for sponsors. Always yeah. looking for sponsors. I mean, we could do Adam and Eve, you know, sure. Sure. But, you know, why not? We try to keep it a little bit more, uh, you know, specific Relevant. to our needs. Yeah, yes. although yeah. we did talk about Playboy last uh, last issue, so. Well, uh, to continue that Playboy talk, no, just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what? when did, now, I know this is not your first time reading Sandman. When was your first time? I think uh, when it first came out. I, I think I read along with all that. So, and this came out. Not, not early, 80, it was like 88, 89? 
Mm, oh, it, it wait, 75, 78 issues with uh, extras, annuals, and specials and whatnot. So uh, it finished up in 98, I believe. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not not a terribly long run. Right. Uh, but very, very well, as you said, well received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on. It was. It's. It was on the New York Times bestseller for a while, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only. I mean, it's been reprinted and collected in so many different versions. Mm-hmm. It's been annotated, uh, you know, individually. It's also they've done annotated you know, stories as well, where you can read the the, the issue and then have uh, annotations. But there's so many different people have kind of explored the the depth and breadth of all the references mm-hmm. uh, and details that Neil Gaiman has laid into all these stories. So it's been. It's been really. I feel like this is. Gosh, I, I, other than maybe like Watchmen, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another series that's probably been as dissected as this. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, there's so much in it. There's so much symbolism. And, and for anybody who hasn't picked it up and read it yet, the basic gist is um, that a group, well, I don't really want to say like a coven, they're, they're a group and they w- are trying to capture death. And instead they capture death's sibling, Dream. And uh, hold Dream hostage, and then Dream, uh, which of course has an effect on the world as they know it, and then Dream, spoiler alert, escapes, and we get to see kind of how that uh, how that all plays out, how it wreaks havoc, and how it changes the world. True, but it's certainly not an immediate escape. I mean, this no, goes on... No, 150 years, something like that? I, what, it happens in 1916-he's caught, and then I think is it 80... Okay. It might be 88 when he gets out. <laughs> You're like, you don't know your numbers at all today. Yeah. Yeah, it's he's for a year, for decades, for yes. many decades. Um, uh, uh, a little over... I think it's uh, like 72 years, I believe, is okay. he's, held, he's held okay. uh, captive. Mm. Uh, and of course, he's he is one of the endless... Mm-hmm. Uh, with his various siblings as well, so you've got uh, yeah, you've got death, destiny, despair, uh, destruction, and delirium. I believe is the other one. Okay, and we uh, don't when we don't meet all of them. No, we don't meet. Well, through the course of this whole entire series, you will meet all. the Which siblings. is cool. Which is something that makes me want to keep reading it. There you go. That kind of that promise of of meeting all of them because the two that you meet in this in the run in this like short run. Um, are interesting. Yes. And so it makes me want to, and they're even like the relationship is interesting and it makes me want to, to read the rest of them and, and meet everybody. No, and certainly these are the, the two most popular versions of the endless, mm-hmm. um, or two of the most popular characters out of there. Uh, I mean, certainly, you know, the one brother that's not talked about very much is destruction. You end up meeting him way later into the run. You kind of come and finally get a chance to meet him, but he's often, uh, talked about in passing, not really very mentioned. He's kind of disassociated himself he's like with the, the family. bastard self. He's like the bastard stepchild of all yeah. that. So it, what, it, and it what is are they called? The Endless? The Endless. The Endless. Uh, so it's interesting to see like uh, when he does finally make his way back into the series. It's really cool to kind of see that. Uh, based on everything that you've read, you kind of can't help but get preconceived notions of what you think he's going to be. And then what happens when he does come along and how you feel like, oh, wait, this is not at all what I expected. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And I read, I read through this once, but I kind of wanted to immediately pick it up and reread it just for the comprehension. I didn't because I wanted to just go kind of off my first thoughts for this podcast. But it, I think it takes you a second to kind of get established in the world that you're in and like exactly what's happening. And so after I read it through, I was like, oh, I kind of want to go back now that I know the story and, and reread it and really kind of enjoy because um, he's pulling from so much. Neil Game is pulling from so many places for these references. There's Shakespeare in there. You know, there are all of these really cool, um, uh, you know, there's some biblical references, different, like, uh, his kind of takes and influence from different origin stories, which I think was really neat. And a lot of it went over my head. I didn't even know it, but I know somebody reading it probably went, oh, yeah, that's cool, you know? <laughs> um well, it, interesting with this, like with the the vertical titles, I, I think like basically the first one that kind of helped develop the vertical line was uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Mm. Uh, well, his version of Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing had been created already by Len Wayne and Bernie Wrightson uh, for a variety of issues, but then he comes on famously with the anatomy lesson, uh, Swamp Thing 21, and basically kind of recontextualizes Swamp Thing, kind of gives him a whole new origin, kind of uh, a different way of looking at the character. Mm-hmm. And certainly got more mature in the storytelling. And basically, they it was still in the DC universe. So you'd have Swamp Thing, even when Alan Moore was writing it, interacting for, for brief moments in the story with the Justice League or Batman uh, or various other superheroes through the course of their run. And even after that, the character kind of continued off. But they spun them off into Vertigo, mm. kind of creating like two distinct kind of uh, universes. And 
as the kind of the line went on, eventually it got kind of blurred where eventually superheroes weren't really acknowledged so much in the Vertigo titles. There, it was kind of a very, uh, very mark of uh, distinct mark, uh, mm-hmm. uh, where like these are DC characters; they're going to be maintained only in DC books. These are Vertigo characters that only be told about in Vertigo titles, and therefore the twain shall meet. Well, I was very surprised that there was reference of superheroes in this. I was, I wasn't expecting that. I was not expecting any type of crossover in that regards, and it was kind of delightful to see that glimpse of them, but to not see them overtake. To see the kind of these two stories and these universes living cohesively, but they're like, but again, that's not what this is about. It's not about these superheroes. It's about this story. You know, I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was really cool. Because it's originally, uh, there was a Sandman character created by Jack Kirby and uh, Joe Simon, who was really cool and uh, showed up in issues of like um, Infinity Inc., mm-hmm. uh, other things like that that were coming out at the time where he's like this bright uh, red and yellow costume character who would fight in dreams. And uh, so this is kind of at least his initial attempt of like, hey, I'm going to do kind of revisit that character and kind of revamp it. Mm -hmm. And then that character is being used in a couple different titles. So uh, Neil Gaiman said, all right, I'm not going to do that version of the character, but I'll kind of create my own version of the Sandman. Mm -hmm. And that's when he came up with the whole Endless and everything like that. Uh, But it still had some kind of ties into the DC universe. When you start involving John Constantine, Swamp Thing, that Martian Manhunter, Mm -hmm. Mr. Miracle, things that have kind of a connection to the DC universe, that kind of went away as the series went on. A couple little hints and nods there, but for the most part, it kind of kind of branched away from dealing so directly with the DC universe. Mm. Yeah, that's. I, I think it's a kind of for me a blend that I like because I we've discussed this before. Since my knowledge base isn't is is more limited in this area, I like it when I can recognize something, but when I don't have to recognize it to enjoy the story of what's going on. You know, so I, it's, it's kind of a fun, uh, it's like a, a nice balance, I think. And the art in this, what do you think of the art? I, and I'm trying to remember, like when I first read the title, I, th- I think I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like going back on it now, man, it is just, uh, I don't want to say raw, mm-hmm. but it's just, uh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. I, like going back, I feel like. Oof, man, like, you know, like some shapes and stuff kind of, uh, you know, uh, body sizes change, uh, perspectives. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it, I guess it fits the, the story, but it certainly has more of a just kind of rough kind of uh, look on some of the things. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually really like it. I think oh. it's really cool. Um, part of it, though, I think, I'm flipping through it again, and I think part of the reason that I like it so much is it looks to me so? It looks to me like um, those kind of scary, like the grim fairy tale books that you had as a kid. You know, I don't know if you had those or, but even some of the they've you know got a couple of pieces that are like scroll work framing. You know, that makes you look like you are looking at something that's older, and it's uh, just so. There's something that's really frightening about it. Even the pictures that aren't necessarily frightening. There's something, there's like a uh, kind of an aura of dread and sadness there. And I don't know, I just, I think it's really neat. And the shapes are super cool. And I like the design of the character, like the concept art for, um, you know, for Dream. And then especially for Death, I think is really cool. That yeah. concert, concept art for her is, I think, super, super neat. So her character design is cool. So yeah, I don't know. I like it. I love um, the the pictures that are in between issues, like the covers. Oh, for uh, Dave McKeon, who they're, did the art. They're gorgeous and scary and awesome. Yeah, I mean, he ended up doing all the covers for the entire uh, length of the Sandman run. Mm. What's in, so what's interesting about that is uh, when you think of a lot of creator-owned titles, you usually think of one creative team. The writer, the artist, they kind of stick together for the most part throughout the entire length of the run. This uh, didn't, though. I mean, this was Neil Gaiman's, basically, his baby. Mm. And he would vary artists with the different story arcs. Hmm. So, uh, you know, eventually other artists would come in. And so when you read The Doll's Doll's House, when you read the other ones, like, uh, you'll see different artists. So it's interesting to see different interpretations of those uh, various endless characters. Do you like that? Do you like that approach? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like for this, yeah, it seems to make sense. Yeah. you know, I, if you think of something like, you know, like I guess like Walking Dead, if like every story arc you were going to change it to uh, different 
artists, I think that would kind of throw it off a little bit. I okay, mean, because the characters are generally the same, and you're in the same reality. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's something to be said, and there's something I almost like about that, where it's like 150 issues for pretty much other than um, Tony Moore doing like the first six issues. Mm-hmm. It's been Charlie Allred doing it since then. So there's just something like that continuity is just really cool, especially when you're telling like this really long ranging story about what life is like after uh, a cataclysmic event. Yeah. Like, uh, like we all, you know, who hasn't been through a zombie apocalypse? Classic. Guy? You know, oh, no, that, that old trope. That Whoa. old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But uh, for, for something like this, I think it kind of makes interest, especially for uh, like dream as a concept, the way that it can look. You know, everybody has different perceptions of something in a dream. Mm-hmm. So it kind of almost fits to this, where you get different interpretations of what this, this concept would look like through different artists' uh, imaginations. Yeah, that's cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the world and kind of his, because that's one of the reasons I think I sort of wanted to go back through is kind of this reality that that they're in. Um, so Dream can travel, he travels through dreams, but also into our reality, mm-hmm. right? And he basically, one of the cool things that they created for him is he picks up things along the way. So he's like... I really needed this thing, and fortunately, this kid in Africa was dreaming of that thing that I needed, so I was able to go to his dream and pick that up. Mm-hmm. And then he can essentially steal it, right, or take it, yeah. and wield it in in his in their in his reality. Our reality yeah, I guess he whatever. can make anything in in a dream realm mm-hmm. become real. But it's interesting because he's not necessarily creating those items; he's going through and finding them and like collecting them. Right? Yeah, le- letting people's yeah yeah just kind of you know I don't want to say feeding off of but using other people's dreams or nightmares right for for his means when mm-hmm. he needs it. Uh, so going in, all right. So basically, we see this. You know, they do this big incantation, this kind of binding ritual, mm-hmm. hoping to capture death, as you said, and they end up getting dream. So a dream shows up. Uh, he and he and of course he's wearing a bunch of his uh, stations of office, so to speak. There. Right, he's got he's his got helmet, the, and he's got a bag of sand, and his amulet. Mm-hmm. Uh, him coming into the series like this, do you have a million questions about like, oh, what was he doing before this, or anything like that, or are you just cool like, hey, I'm just taking this, like, all right, he, they captured him, and I'm ready just to kind of read on. Uh, I didn't really have any questions of like where he had been before that. I kind of, which is weird for me. Usually, I I do. I've got all those questions. I didn't really have those questions. I didn't really take notice of his objects i didn't really think i don't even like remember seeing him really before they put him in the cell where they locked him up Hmm. which is kind of i I didn't really take notice of it until so i'm glad that they made such a fine point of him being like i need these very specific things i need these three things you know to go about my business i'm glad that they kind of put a fine point on that to (laughs) really recap because i was like oh is he wearing a helmet i don't even remember that you know (laughs) so um yeah so they uh that's that's kind of how i how i read it Uh, the reason i asked that is that uh, so neil gaiman finished his sandman Mm -hmm. uh back in 98 or so and then yeah i think he came back and did like one little special but then uh oh gosh I, i i think about four years ago yeah, four or five years. It was announced over Comic Con that he was going to just do a, another little mini series in celebration of the one of the Sandman's anniversaries. Mm. So he was going to do Sandman Overture with uh, J. H. Williams the the third, fantastic artist. He's really versatile at either just doing his style or adap- uh, tweaking his style to kind of emulate other artists for storytelling purposes. That's cool. But they were going to do a story and uh, which I have not read, but I'd like to pick up because especially with the sale going on, mm-hmm. it'd be great to go back and do it. But the gist of that story is it tells you everything that kind of leads up to where he is found at the beginning of Sandman 1. But I'm just curious, at least critically, people are like, eh, I mean, do we need to know? Do we need to know this story? Yeah. Like sometimes, like, you know, those that's a story that, you know, I don't know if anybody was like particularly crying out for. Yeah. I. You know what? It's funny because I don't, like I said, I didn't really wonder all that much where he was. I was more interested in like where he was going and, you know what I mean, and why they, like why they wanted death and all that kind of thing. Um, but having, and that's just going off of what I've read here is somebody were like, Oh, here's a prequel. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> like I'd probably read it. Yeah. You know? So it's like, Oh, it's a story I never knew I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh. 
And I feel like for this, it's like people were like, yeah, it's a story I, I never knew I wanted, and I, I guess I still don't want it yeah. now, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, right. uh, but I mean, I, I guess, you know, certainly you know, their plan at the beginning of uh, the first issue of Sandman is, I mean, they want to capture death as their, their real plan because they want to, you know, basically live forever. Mm-hmm. Similarly, a good plan. Hey, if we capture death, they he can't, or at least that embodiment, I don't really think... You don't really realize that death is a she until later right. on, which but. is a super cool choice and a cool reveal. Yeah, you know they do. They make a point of saying like, "Oh, you know, we were looking for death," and they say, well, "You caught death's young, death's little brother," you know. But it doesn't say, "Oh, you caught her little brother." It's like you caught death's little brother, and then you find out at the end they sh- you see death, and she's this like super cute, kind um, of goth, like chick. goth, yeah, like punk, you know, goth punk. Uh, cool yeah. chill character and just such a cool interpretation of that because yeah. i feel like you know all sorts of media have basically just made like that that hooded mm-hmm, uh, skeleton figure, yes yeah. with the scythe and they're just like that you have that image when you think of death mm-hmm. just so ingrained into your head or an angel like an angel angel like the angel of death who is you know um <clears throat> kind of almost like the polar opposite it's like the you know the warm embrace of death but not really, usually then it's like almost like a light force, like this very kindly. And she is, but she's also just like, hey, you know, like, this is my job and it's going to be cool. You yeah. know, that's kind of more the vibe that she gives off. She's like a little more, um, a little more playful and very much fitting in. You feel like she fits in our realm, whereas like dream, you don't dream feels like a, another species mm-hmm. almost when he comes in. He feels very alien and she just looks like a cool, like a cool goth chick that is just around. Yeah, let's just hang out. Yeah, I'm like oh, I want to hang out with Death. That like, seems pretty cool. The thing that kind of this reminded me of, especially when I was first reading it, is uh, I don't know if you've read Piers Anthony, any of his re- writing. I don't think so. He did a, a like a series that went on for you know, many many years, but called it the Incarnations of Immortality. Okay. And it was like uh, fate, time, death. All these kind of uh, concepts uh, that were kind of embodied in an individual, and you just find out like you would, all these stories were learning about how a, a new person kind of assumes that role, and then kind of get involved in a larger storyline. But mm-hmm. for example, like death, uh, if you end up killing death, then you have to become death. Sort of things like, like that. Like Santa Claus. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> just just like the stole, Santa Claus. That's, they stole that. Tim Allen read that book and said, like, wait, what if we do this with Santa Claus instead? That's exactly yes. right. Yeah. So it was just cool <laughs> taking you know, these these concepts and then just kind of, you know, uh, embodying them in an individual. Mm. Uh, anthropomorphizing yeah, a concept. That's really cool. I think, I don't know, I always, I always like that. If it's done well, I think it's, I always like seeing other people's, entirely unique original personifications of ideas like that you know like this is this is you know what the, what what you know greek what the greeks thought of fate these mm-hmm. were the fates and this is the design of the fates and in this you get to see the three fates which yes. is cool in another way in a very different way that each fate is very much her own entity you know but they're connected still so reading yeah. this like how much do you like how much you like Dream? The character? Yes. Mm, I don't. You know what? I liked reading about him and all, like all of his stuff. I don't, and I love the world. I don't know so much like what he wants. Yeah. If he just like wants to do his job, or if he's like not super psyched that he's got his job. Um, I've got questions as far as his like as his likability. I think that he's he struck me as vulnerable, which I like. You know, he's and not like an all powerful. He he felt just to me. He didn't feel like a, like like the the punishments that he bestowed on people were creative, <laughs> and and I didn't feel like an entirely uncalled for. Yeah, you know? I, I feel like this is the, the best if you're gonna see him in that kind of condition because he's coming back and he's been you know. Depowered, he's been mm-hmm. in prison for seventy-two years. Yeah. So he's at one of his weakest points in his life, kind of stripped of his, uh, you know, his, his totems, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, so has to go back and retrieve those to gain any sort of power. So I feel like it's easier to kind of invest in somebody that's kind of the underdog in that right. situation. Yeah, I think that's that was kind of interesting to me that he's supposedly got all of these powers, you know, and he does, but he's still got his limitations, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think uh, you you want to see him be successful and it's he's horribly 
you know, incarcerated. It's like no food or water, or, and he doesn't sleep, you know? So it's like the torment that that must be. Um, I guess I never really thought about it. That's an interesting question if I like him. What, do you like him? That, you know, it's not, <laughs> I, it's not like I hate the guy yeah. at all, but it's not like somebody that I'm like, it's not a character that I'm just like, like, especially when you put him up to other members of his family. He just seems like the, just the kind of, uh, you know, just, I guess like that, you know, I guess, you know, like that kind of withdrawn, mm-hmm. kind of distant uh, member of the family that's just kind of like a little, just a little out of place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I got that from him. I didn't get that from him so much during because I think he was so focused. You know, he had a very specific mission. Then that was to get his those items back and return, right, to his mm-hmm. home. Um, when he he finished his mission... I think that they're the kind of the very last issue when death shows up, he's kind of like, well, I'm just hanging out now. (laughs) This is my life, you know? And it's, it's, I like, he's an interesting character. I kind of like that you don't exactly know how you feel about him. You know, that that you have kind of questions like that. It makes me want to read more Mm -hmm. about him. Um, I don't know if it gets any better or not, but I definitely want to see his family. I want to see the world a little bit more. And um, and why he's like why you in a funk, bra? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because like, it's yeah, if you think of like like death. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's she is coming across as so much more warm and personable. Ironically, yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah. Which you think dream would be like la 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 la. Like yeah, I mean, even though know? part of his dreams is also nightmares as well. So right. I mean, certainly kind of you know uh, the light and the dark of that. But mm-hmm. I still feel like yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting that like, he's just so distant, withdrawn. I mean, I. Uh, I mean, everybody has to deal with death at some point in their life, mm-hmm. but but you also think about dreams. I mean, it's death is once in your life, mm-hmm. hopefully a long time away from when you were born. But mm-hmm. dreams, that's something you're dealing with every single night of your life. Yeah. He's uh, overworked, man. But you think like he would, <laughs> he'd be more connected, I yeah. guess, or a little bit, you know, because it's like, I mean, he's so much more intimately involved with the individual's experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I think he's. I think he's cool. I think he's handsome. <laughs> I think wanna, he's handsome. Yeah, you want to go out and date him? Yeah, I've. Uh, I got a thing for uh, tortured, tortured souls. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, you seem unhappy. You want to go out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think this kind of also. My fiance's listening to this like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> as you uh, as you go home and he's all just you know kind of put himself in white face and I stuff know. like that. Like, really dyed his hair black and spiky. Like, spike it up. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Uh, I mean, I guess this kind of sets the the tempo, at least for the first issue, to kind of give you an idea of like other storylines. Is that sometimes, you know, I mean, Dream does not have to be uh, the main star of a story. Like even this first uh, this first issue, I mean, it's basically he pops in occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, but you really don't see him very much at all. It's all about these people that have captured Dream. And, and I was yeah, I was what, a little confused for the beginning of it too. I'm sorry, I just cut you really? off. No, no, yeah, no. Uh, like, so what was confusing to you? Uh, they hopped around, and I, I think what kept me hooked in was the language. I thought the language is really beautiful, um, but, you know, it hopped around from person to person, and their experience, like, either they're sleeping or not sleeping. Mm. And it was interesting to see the effect. It's like, okay, so half, so he's been captured. Death has been captured, and now we're going to cut around to all of these people who are either sleeping or not sleeping or think they're awake but aren't. And then we revisit them. But, I, you know, I wasn't sure. I was like, okay, are these people that I'm going to, like, need to get to know? And I was a little confused. Maybe because of the artwork, like, a couple of the characters looked very similar to me. So I wasn't sure when we were jumping back. I'm like, wait, is this the girl that I saw a few pages ago? Is this somebody completely different? And I was a little confused as to, I think that my inclination, my brain wants to make sense of the rules in fantasy, right? So if you're putting me in a fantasy scenario... I'm like, okay, great. This is magic. What are the rules? What are the limitations? So they've captured death. What does that mean? I start trying to compute things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so, or they've captured a dream, rather. What does that mean? So it's like, well, I don't understand the rules then because now people are, somebody's like asleep dreamlessly and somebody's own thinks, and somebody's like wide awake and can't sleep. Yeah, it kind of varies from person to person how they react to this. Yeah, which I think I don't think is I think is interesting. It's easier than you know, Sleeping Beauty, like oh, everybody's asleep now, <laughs> you know, until this one person wakes up. But I, I, my brain was I think having a hard time making sense of the rules. 
Does that make sense? No, I can understand that because it's not it's not consistent. Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, so dreams capture that means nobody can dream anymore, and that that affects everybody on the planet equally. Right. It's just like, for example, we follow. I mean, and I'm sure there are probably other people that were affected that we don't cover in the story, but mm-hmm. we just center on four people that are kind of, and the ramifications of the effect of dream being captured has on them. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's not all the same. It's so like, all, you're, yeah, yeah, it's all very different. And then you flash back, and I did. I was like, is this the same? I had to flip back a few pages and be like, is this the same character? Because they're both like blonde girls. Yeah, I think the the failing of the art in this issue is I felt like there was a big jump between, because it felt like through, I mean, you're going through decade and decade and decade and decade. Yeah. And for the most part, they all look pretty much the they same. They do. Yeah, they look really similar. And I had to keep going back and checking. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it may, it did make it a little harder to follow. Until you get like, and I feel like the only one you really notice is at the end, uh, Unity, the one that had the baby when she was, you know, asleep. Yeah. Uh, but like only at the end when they give her like gray, they color her hair gray. Do you mm-hmm. realize like, oh, okay, she's gotten much older. But like up until then, well, she, she pretty much looks the same. Well, she immediately, you know, she's got that runner. Her runner is that she becomes pregnant while she's, you know, she's raped, right? When she's yeah. in like essentially a coma and then delivers a baby in her coma and then years later wakes up and is like, I dreamed, my, where's my baby? I dreamed I had a baby and is sad about it, which is very touching and very sad, yeah. you know, and, and dark and poignant. Um, but that's one of the only ones I was like, oh, okay, I know who you are because every time I see you, there's the same kind of storyline and we're seeing the natural progression of that. Yeah. And I have to admit my, uh, my memory of, the story, because you know, it's been so long since I've read the entire run, mm-hmm. is I cannot remember if any of these four characters are revisited by Dream hmm. again in any of the future stories. Because it feels weird to have these, these four stories be a runner. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I mean, they pretty much have just all, I mean, you know, for the most part, they're all kind of downbeat endings. I mean, their life was just really traumatized mm-hmm. by Dream being captured. But you think that maybe at some point, you part of me felt like, well, Dream's going to come and visit some of them, right? right? Or, you know, try to... Well, you didn't know, at least one of them die? Uh, Somebody kill himself. Oh yeah, the uh, the soldier, the one that was fourteen when they went to World War One, and then killed himself when he was Mm -hmm. sixteen. Just you know, after he got out of the war. But you think that like Dream would come by and try to like if you're setting these four up as some kind of runner, Mm -hmm. that there's some payoff where at the end Dream comes in and kind of you know influences their life in some aspect. Mm -hmm. But no, they you know they just kind of all wake up or and feel bad about dreaming of a baby that they've had or. Uh, you know, like, oh, I feel better now. I can, you know, think about the cloud, the castle in the clouds. Like, yeah, I didn't really understand. Didn't really understand that. And I guess, yeah. So I do. I have a lot of questions, and, and it was very. It's so unique to me that I want to keep reading. I like anything that's a little different, that's a little unique, and I think the story is interesting. The characters are interesting, so I do want to keep reading it. Um, but I, I also have a lot of questions, and it kind of. The writing is such that when you don't understand something, you think, okay, am I an idiot? Like, did I really miss something or was it just not explained well? Uh, you know, and it, and I've, I have, I had a couple moments like that during this reading where it's like, I was like, do I, like, like Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. you know, are in this brothers yes. and they're obviously based on the, you know, Cain slew Abel and the, the biblical story of Cain and Abel. Correct. But are, but they... Cain keeps slaying Abel just like because just like at random times yeah because he's just a mean brother man yeah yeah but like where are they are they're they... they're in the dream realm so they so kind they're of... in the dream realm and the way they're dressed is strange they they're dressed like like newsies or something <laughs> you know? well I because uh there are old comic book series called House of Secrets and House of Mysteries. Okay. And Cain and Abel each were kind of like the crypt keeper of those particular titles. Oh. Uh, and they'd be just takeoffs of you know stories of people that have been in the House of Mystery or the House of Secrets. And they okay. Would, uh, they'd have their little kind of done in one sort of story. You know, okay. Almost like your Twilight Zone, your, your know, Tales from the Crypt kind of deal. So uh, those were early like kind of oh, man, I don't want to say I guess like pretty much I guess like horror. Okay. So they're like, they were like the Rod Sterling of. Exactly. Of that, okay. Correct. So that, yeah, DC's kind of version for that. So now that's, uh, what I do like is that Neil Gaiman would take some of that long-running DC continuity and finds like different ways to kind of uh, fold it in with mm-hmm. the Sandman, whether it be, you know, something is more modern using John Jones from the Justice League International to uh, the Wesley Dodd Sandman character from the Justice Society, which I thought that was a great nod to kind of tie them mm-hmm. in. Or then you just take people from like uh, Ken and Abel from you know, House of Secrets and House of Mysteries and kind of just fold them into the dreaming 
And is the design, the character design on them, do they match that House of Secrets story? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it makes me feel, again, it makes me feel better that there's a reason, you know? Because I was like, I don't get these. They're like these little minions. <laughs> That's you know, true. And they're, feel like they're servants to the family, almost, because they call him Master. Don't they call him, like, Master Dream? Yeah, because, like, I mean, I guess master? he's the master of that realm. Okay, yeah. So so I was, I was confused. I thought, I was like, I feel like they're in the Dream Realm, but I don't know... Like, are they in hell? Because, and also, if that's the case, if we're looking at anything biblically, which, you know, you don't have to, but my brain's kind of trying to make sense of the world a little bit, is, um, you know, are, why would Abel be in hell? He was just killed. Like, you know, and so I was trying to figure it out. So it, it makes me feel a little better to know that, like, oh, well, that was actually a very specific reach from a pull from a different book, which is interesting because there he kind of does, I feel like Neil Gaiman is pulling items from different books and different mythologies and legends in the same way that the Sandman character is pulling from dreams. You know, I, he just like takes it and kind of like nicks it for, you know, for the betterment of the story. Because I feel like it's also interesting that you've got the Endless as a concept, but then you also have them existing in a universe where there is a God and there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is a, a, a Lucifer. Mm -hmm. So it feels weird to Who have... Who is interesting. Yes. Lucifer's super interesting, very reasonable. Yeah, well, yeah. in a story, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you see, I mean, you know, certainly the uh, the yeah he uh, death a dream makes an enemy that day as he leaves hell, mm -hmm. uh, and that does come back to uh, haunt dream later on in the series as okay. well. So, so that's something as you, if you continue re reading on with the series, you'll kind of see the ramifications of what this first meeting does for the rest of the series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so I mean, speaking of, uh, I mean, we'll talk about. Uh, I mean, part of what uh, Sam and uh, Dream does get free eventually. Mm -hmm. They the humans end up making a mistake. They break the circle. Dream is able to get out, and I, it was a cool way I was able to do that. Just goes into somebody's dream, gr grabs some sand as they're dreaming about being on a beach, mm -hmm. and then uses that to kind of right. get out. Temporary, of yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool, but he also has to go back and find all those items that he that they had taken from mm -hmm. him. And so that's kind of the quest during the the majority of those eight issues is him kind of reclaiming some of those totems of his. Yeah, I thought structurally it was cool. I thought structurally it was very cool because I think they did a, a really nice job. It was just good storytelling for me because they had, they, you know, introduced the characters and then you have this, they kind of take a time out. And so there's like a nice suspense built when you find, when he gets loose, mm -hmm. you know, like that's something that you know will happen. And then when he gets loose, then he has three items to retrieve. And each of those three items, if I'm not mistaken, is an issue, right? Like, uh, yeah, the amulet is a couple issues. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so those are like kind of his smaller, like, okay, these are like my immediate goals. These are things that I need more immediately. And so he kind of is chasing those items throughout. And then he gets all of those items. And then he kind of has to finish up this quest and get back, right? Mm -hmm. Get back to doing his job, basically. <laughs> And then we, of course, at the end, meet Death, and he has kind of a... So the story, I don't know, I feel like the story has... An, the arc has a nice little resolution. It kind of ties up a little bit, but he he is not resolved as a character. No. You know? There's, like, there's so much, and they've introduced so much that they are then going to have to go through. And I, I thought that it was just a really nice bit of... Like, a tidy bit of storytelling. Uh, yeah, and one of, uh, so one of his visits, as he would claim his helmet, that means a, a demon has taken it, so he needs to go to hell. That was awesome. The way that he had to get his helmet back is awesome. So how did you like this interpretation uh, of hell and the way the power structure is set up and everything in there? Uh, I thought it was really creative. I thought it was pretty cool. And the way that, uh, so the way he has to, he has to get, what's the, so they, they play a game. Mm -hmm. What's, do you remember what the game is called? I can't remember the name, of the, but it's uh, or they're coming up with just like I don't want to say like concepts for each other. That keep that so basic. So it's it felt like an improv game to me. So yeah. it's kind of cool to watch because I was like, oh, this will be a really great improv game. <laughs> uh, but he, so it's kind of like that whole like there was an, there was an old lady who swallowed a uh, who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die, and then it branches out. It's like she swallowed the. It becomes like she swallowed the cat to catch the the. Rat. She swallowed the rat to catch the spider. She swallowed the spider to catch the yeah. fly. Perhaps she'll die. You know what I mean? It like keeps zooming out and out and out. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what they're. This this game that they're playing that they've challenged. He's challenged him to that they're basically trying to one up each other verbally and keep branching the universe out and out and out and out into like what's greater than. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a it's a the the battlefield is reality. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, so it's... Mm. Yeah, because I, I guess it's just... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if they name the game exactly. Uh, it's like the battle of it's like the battle of something. But I love the I I think something like that is really neat. The idea of having to, of, of as a writer coming up with this, because you're expecting like okay we've got a battle to get this helm back. Yes. And it's like a verbal battle. They do like an open mic in yeah, a bar exactly. of hell, <laughs> you know, and um and have to like outdo each other verbally. And it feels like, I guess, the concepts that are going back uh, based in reality. So these are just realistic things that you would find in reality. There's no mm -hmm. imagination involved. It's just using real mm -hmm. uh, items or creatures to kind of trump each other mm -hmm. and see who could use an item from reality to, to crush the other one, and they would have no way to come back to it. Mm -hmm. You kind of stump them, so to speak. Right. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And I think the end, what's like the final, the goblin says something and he thinks he's won. Oh, yes, yeah, he's anti-life. The, yeah. the beast of judgment, I am the dark at the end of everything. The mm -hmm. end of the universe, God's worlds of everything. And he's all like smug. He's like, beat that, son. Yeah. And then, of course, de uh, a Dream's comeback is? I am hope. Hope. Hope beats, hope beats anti-life. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then he gets his home back. But it's a really cool verbal. It's just like very. It's real slick. No, I do like that. And even after he gets the helmet back and says, "All right, I'm gonna leave. See you, Lucifer." And he's like, "Whoa, what makes you think we've got all these demons from hell standing in front of you? What? Who? How do you think you're gonna get out of here?" Right. And I just like him. He's like, uh, "What power would hell have if uh, of over those if they uh, were not able to dream of heaven?" Right. Yeah. It's like, damn, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Damn. So it's like, yeah. I mean, how can you? How you can do that? How do you so, argue that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now this the for our Lucifer, he was kind of modeled off of David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, which is super. He's yeah. cool, kind of androgynous, and yeah. So that yeah. was in fact one Neil Gaiman's like, yeah, I want him to kind of look like you know young Bowie. Is kind of look for <laughs> That's I see it. Yeah, when you say that, I get it. And never more so than basically the first time that you see him on that page. Right. Like that you feel like it was really referenced heavily from a photo of young David Bowie mm -hmm. to kind of give you that look. The rest of it, as it goes on, I mean, the look kind of, you know, it, it yeah. stays really consistent. That first shot is super cool. He, um, yeah, he's like really beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, and so very beautiful, very androgynous. And I was, I, when I first saw Lucifer, I was like, is Lucifer a woman? I don't know, <laughs> you know, but it. Kind yeah, of, really cool. Yeah, like a, like almost like a Tilda Swinton kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, very oh, much. And right. you know, and as we all know, Tilda Swinton and Dave Bowie are the same. They, they are. Have so, you ever seen them in the same room? No, I never have. That's true. Mm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, a cool power. I mean, it, it was just cool to see him kind of lay the groundwork for stuff that, for a series that goes you know over seventy issues, to kind of lay some foundation for stuff that he, you know he's going to pick up later on in the story arcs mm -hmm. for this. So yeah. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, then, of course, we have him going against uh, Dr. Destiny, a, mm -hmm. a Justice League villain. Uh, kind of him kind of recontextualizing, kind of revamping the character slightly. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had that big pendant right there. Uh, which or the was, amulet. Which was the amulet. Yes. And is that, is that amulet a thing that exists in the DC villain world? Is that a thing that he's known for? Yes. So, like, anytime that he showed up in the Justice League, he's had that amulet with him. So It's cool. It's cool. You're, just, you're kind of learning the origin story of that. Yeah. Here too, which is neat. Cool for Neil Gaiman to kind of go through and see that character and go, like, oh, he's got that amulet. Oh, wait, maybe if I make that amulet something that the you know, that Sandman has when he gets captured. And mm -hmm. that's how Dr. Destiny gets it. Yeah. He's so fucked up. Yeah. Dr. Was... Destiny's fucked up. This is my first experience with him. He, I was like, ugh. This is basically Neil Gaiman just taking that character that you saw in the comic book, like, the, like basically in the Justice League comic books, more of a four-color, you know, your standard typical villain kind of look, where he his does have a skull is, mask. Just his name even, right, yeah. is kind of what it would... Uh, would insinuate that. Yeah, and it's cool because he does have like a costume where it's uh, almost almost has like a like uh, like a Skeletor kind of esque version costume okay. in the DC universe. Uh, but then just to kind of take that and transform it into what he's in here, where he's just like this kind of just kind of ravaged body, yeah, this kind of uh, just shrunken down like shell of a man mm -hmm. who just then uh, finally gets the amulet back, mm -hmm. uh, and then for, basically for the like the two issues there, just kind of feeds on these people's. Uh, dreams and, and makes them do terrible things oof. like to themselves and each other and um and in and he escape well he did he escape or he's really he escapes from arkham yes right he um gets out. which i think was kind of my first glimpse of oh wait these are this is the same world oh yeah i think because they show arkham like at the beginning um yeah he gets out and just for no reason just because 
And I mean, I thought that was kind of uh, interesting storytelling, especially the two part where he's in the restaurant and mm -hmm. he kind of takes that's, it over. That's what I'm thinking is yeah. like, God, it's just, he just holds, he basically holds these people hostage for like 36 hours or something in a diner and just tortures them. Yeah. And it's cool. They, I mean, just narratively, they just jump into like, you know, various hours ahead of time, like, oh, two hours in, three hours in, four hours in. And you just find out like how he just starts playing with their lives more perversely mm -hmm. as it goes on. Yeah. Like the point where they're like carrying him on his shoulders and they're carving, pricking their finger and they're writing yeah. God on his chest and he's like licking the blood off the tip of the finger. Like, yeah. I'm not even into this, but I'm just going to do it. Why right. Not? Yeah. It's such a weird attitude to have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like really specific. So for you out of reading these eight issues, was there any one that particularly stood out for you that was like, ooh, I like the, I like the whole story arc, but this issue in particular kind of stood out to me as like, oh yeah, that was kind of a nice shining moment out of this whole thing. Mm. I like, I mean, I, I like the final one. I thought that was cool. I like, I mean, I thought, you know, Death was such a cool character. Such an interesting take on Death. Mm -hmm. And I liked seeing Death and Dream together. He's just like kind of tagging along with her. He's like, yeah. do you want to talk about this? And she's like, sure, but I got work to do. So like, yeah, come on. <laughs> like, it just, it felt like such a fun, weird, natural relationship. And I feel like they did a good job not over-explaining it. They did, I didn't feel like they were like he's it the it the story kind of turns and y you kind of are from his point of view watching her work, mm -hmm. you know. And he's like, people like, you know, they're like he's observing people's relationships with her, which I think is kind of an interesting. And it's sort of an interesting. And then he's just so alone. He just ends up being so alone at the end. Um, so for me, it's, it's kind of an interesting ending. I, I feel like maybe the, probably the second, when he gets out, I think that's really cool. So that would be what, like the second issue, second or third? Yeah. Second issue. He's, he like escapes and then seeing him kind of like scramble and, and have to find everything and, and kind of start, you know, getting his wits about him. Again, I thought that that issue and then the very last one were probably my favorites. How it, about you? Uh, there's something about just like the structure of that that two parter inside the restaurant, just kind of like them kind of just tracking the, you know, the just the depravity he puts those characters through. Just kind of mm -hmm. an interesting storytelling structure. Yeah, and the, says a little something about you too. Yeah, I'm just saying that just people just being uh, confined in a in a restaurant <laughs> space and then tortured yeah. for hours on end. <laughs> Great, that's my kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I feel like with the death character, I think uh, as you continue reading on, there's going to be some. Uh, there is a great issue with death uh, that focuses on, and without going in, no spoilers or anything, but he just, what if uh, death uh, met a person who said, you know, hey, guess what? I don't want to die. Uh, what would death do? So interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that was one of my favorite stories and, and a great character that you uh, becomes a really big, important part of the uh, Sandman mythos. Mm. So I think that's, uh, I look forward to you reading more about, if you continue reading more of these stories, just to come across that story. I'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah. That story. Cool. I'll let you know. Ooh, we'll revisit it on, on a future. Mm -hmm. I was in Frank. Yeah. So <laughs> for you, I mean, because there's so many things for us to read. Yeah. Uh, is this something that you uh, you want to continue reading on with these storylines, something you're going to be jumping into right away, or it's like, I want to get to it, but it's going to be like, you know, when I can find the time between something else? Um, because there's that sale going on, I'll probably load up on at least like the next, I know, wink, uh, because I'll probably load up on the next couple of volumes, depending on the sale. Mm. Um, and then I don't know that I'll read them immediately, just because I've got a huge queue right now. She's in demand. Her her eyes are in much My demand. Eyes are in demand, and I do not have enough fun time. Um, but yeah, I will definitely keep reading it. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah, I like it. It's cool. I will. Uh, no, it was. It's one of those where it kind of excited me, and I was like, "All right, yeah, I should uh, check more of this out." So mm -hmm. it'd be. Uh, I, I feel like it's it's going to be just in the queue, and I, at some point, if I ever had like a quiet like weekend where I had nothing else in my entire life, then I guess I'll go back and read these stories again. <laughs> this is probably what I'll read like when I go to, sometimes I just like to go to dinner by myself. And I just, and that's usually, that's usually when I get like my reading, like my comic book reading done. Because in the car I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. And then sometimes if I need time alone at work, I'll like listen, I'll read a comic book. But otherwise it's like, okay, I just, I'll go, I'll go to a restaurant and like read a comic book. 
that happened last week after our podcast. We went to a restaurant, and Amanda didn't talk to me at all. She just yeah, it was really. I'm sorry, uh, you invaded on what I thought was going to be my alone time. So I just <laughs> pretended like you weren't there. That's right. Uh, and uh, and you pretended like I was speaking to you, and just kept t- carrying on a conversation. It was great. Yep, yeah, it was great. I, I basically just played both sides of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, it was fantastic. It was fun for everybody around. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I recommended, I believe, Sandman. So do you want to recommend something? Ooh, what do we want to read next? Yes. Discuss next. Uh, if we're talking about the vertical sale, mm-hmm. since it's on right now. Cool. Uh, Tom King is a writer that's been getting a lot of buzz for a lot of the work that he's done. He's done, uh, the Vision miniseries over at Marvel. Uh, but if we're talking about the vertical sale, he's also done the series called Sheriff of Babylon. Oh, I've picked up Sheriff of Babylon. I've never read it. I picked up. I've picked them up, and I haven't had a chance to read them. So this would be a perfect excuse to kind of make us read these issues. Then. Great. How what, how much of it are we reading? Uh, I mean, I guess it's only, I think, eight issues are out right now. Okay. So just great. So just yeah. whatever's out. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, we'll just read the, the Sheriff Babylon storyline and see what we think of the, uh, the series so far. Is it Sheriff of Babylon or Sheriff Sh- Babylon? Sheriff of Babylon. Okay. Cool. So we'll read that by Tom King, another vertical title. So for those of you, when you finally do hear this, you'll have 12 hours to grab those issues too. And we'll talk about (laughs) it in the next week's episode. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. So in the meantime, though, folks, if you have any other comic book related questions, thoughts, comments, musings, yes, uh, pictures of yourself drawn as a comic book character. Oh, those are fun. Yeah. Or pictures of us drawn as a comic book character. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, our engineer, pictures of her drawn yeah, as a comic you don't, book character. If you want to imagine what Ryan looks like and draw her likeness as a comic book character, go yes. right ahead. Absolutely. Please do that. And if they wanted to get those drawings or musings or comments or mm-hmm. questions to us, Amanda, where can they find you on social media? Uh, they can find me personally at Barnes Writes on Twitter. Uh, comic book related stuff at Comic Book Novice on uh, both of those vehicles. You can check us out on, on Facebook, comic book, comic book Novice Facebook account, direct mail to any of those things, or the Novice and Frank at gmail.com. That's for both Frank and I. We check that one regularly. Look at, uh, always, always and always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. Uh, and then, you know, be like me and, and uh, you know, watch, you know, the Novice and Frank or the comic book uh, uh, Novice Instagram account. Just jump on that. Jump yeah, on that. Just I mean, jump that's, on it. That's, you know, that's a, that's a hot Instagram account. <laughs> I, I, got, I was in there early. I was in there early, guys. <laughs> um, oh, also, yeah, if you guys, uh, if you are listening to this and enjoying it, please subscribe. Uh, subscribers are important for numbers. And I, I, I know a couple of people that are like, oh, yeah, I loved that latest. I've actually had people, like, tell me at work, oh, yeah, I love the latest podcast. And I, I think this way. And I'm like, great, please subscribe. It makes us look better. Uh, um, so I'm going to shamelessly ask for you guys to subscribe. And uh, with that... Let's outro out, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, All right, here we go. The alarm clock rings. And my mind just sings. You open your eyes. And out pop some flies. (laughs) You're still dreaming. Still dreaming. Because the Sandman's coming for you. There's nothing that you can do. But call the novice. And and Frank. Frank. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. (laughs)